Welcome back to PewterPowers.com, everybody. And it's another rendition of a few extra bucks, a few extra takes on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's our podcast. I am Mike Neighbors, along with our Bucks insider, Roy Cummings, in the press box at Raymond James Stadium, where finally the preseason is over. Finally, the last boring preseason game is over. And partner, we can play some real football now. Yeah, thankfully, uh, you know, preseason's tough enough and there's nothing more tough, more tedious, let's use that word, uh, <laughs> than, than the fourth preseason game. You know, you, you have to be I, – I don't understand how some of these fans come out here. I mean, I, even if you got a season <laughs> ticket. If it's I'm free. Like, man, even if it's free, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's, it's hard. I mean, you real. I mean, and look, I understand being a diehard, you know, uh, but there just comes a point where you got to say, look, it's not worth my time. This is not a good investment of my time. You know, it's not that great of an, I mean, if you look, it was 72 degrees and a beautiful evening. I could see it, but you know, it's rain. Anyway, it's rainy. It's, it's hot. It's miserable. It's bad football. Um, but you know, Hey, I guess that, that's what makes a diehard. The kids looked happy. Maybe we're jaded. I don't know. Maybe we've covered too many preseason games, but maybe though, it's like my dad always would say when, uh, something he was disinterested in, he would use the example. I wouldn't walk across the street to see that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I would have gladly walked across the street not to see this, but <laughs> no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't talk that way. We should, right. we're fortunate to be involved in uh, covering this. And, uh, uh, at the end of the day, we saw a few a few good things happen here yeah. tonight with the Buccaneers, which is uh, you know a continuation of a few a lot of the good things that we've seen throughout the preseason. Exactly. Uh, we'd like to thank our title sponsors, House of Brews and Lutes and Sea Dog Brewing Company in Clearwater and their Treasure Island location on the beach. Uh, they have something in common, folks, and we really mean this. We value our title sponsors: great brews, great food. Great service. And speaking of great, our producer Justin Thomas has reeled in all the post game sound from the Bucks final preseason game. Justin, how are you? <laughs> Roy, see, you sound so cantankerous, like some old man living next door <laughs> complaining. <laughs> I know, I, I, and I'm not that guy. You know, no, I'm not, not the I'm not the get off my lawn guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that, uh, but you know, it's just you know, I, I get yeah. I guess when you've been doing this for twenty some years, you know, that fourth preseason game is just. It's tough, man. But it, it, I don't. I think I'm. I think I'm in the majority on this one. You know. Let's talk to head coach Dirk Cutter. You know, you can see it on his face. He's ready for real football. He's been answering, uh, you know, a lot of questions about this fourth preseason game all week, and uh, it's, it gets monotonous in, in training camp and in the preseason. Here's Dirk Cutter on his overview of this team after this preseason is finally over. Well, I just like the way they're working and the way they're competing, and I think I think they're on the right track mentally for. Uh, you know, these are going to be some hard-fought games. Uh, every every week in the NFL is is tight and hard-fought, and uh, we're starting right off in one of the toughest places to play that I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of places. So uh, this is this is a tough spot, and uh, I think I think they're ready to compete. I think we've we've got pretty good internal leadership, and uh, you know, it's going to be going to be a fun start season. Yeah, Dirk Cutter has been in a lot of places. Uh, let's let's talk about. Uh, Jameis Winston, uh, he's a guy that's not going to be around this football team for the better part of the next month. He's going to have a three-game suspension, and you know this was his last experience with the team in this fourth preseason game, even though he didn't play. Uh, he was the person everybody wanted to talk to, of course, after this game because we won't have a chance to talk to Jameis Winston until the fourth week when he comes back against the Chicago Bears, and who knows the status of this football team. Here's Jameis Winston talking to the media for the last time and it'll be for the next three weeks. 
What, what, what will you do even though you can't talk, you can't have any contact with the team? Do they have some plans for you, workout plans and stuff they specifically want yeah, you to I'm work on? Yeah, I'm just going to be working really hard and getting ready for week four. What were your parting words to your teammates? I'm going to be working my tail to get back for week four. That's, that's really all, man. You, you can't say anything. You know, it's a tough situation. So I, I'm just going to be working my tail off to get back with you. You're going to stay in town? Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't really made a decision uh, about that yet, but probably. So Jameis Winston, not sure if he's going to stay in town, Roy. I will say this, and we've talked about the last couple of weeks, he's he's handled himself well in terms of not using all this as a distraction. He's played well this preseason. I think when all is said and done, this what he's gone through after his suspension, leading from the rear, as Dirk Cutter put it at the onset of training camp, this is going to be good for him moving forward. Yeah, I think it is. You know, we've talked a little bit about this before, about how, I mean, I think Jameis Winston has been humbled by this whole situation. Um, you know, we talked about it in our, uh, our wrap-up, our video wrap-up, uh, which you can find here on pewterpirates.com as well. You know, last week you and I saw something, witnessed something very interesting. Jameis Winston walked into the interview room uh, right after Dirk Cutter, uh, probably maybe a minute and a half, two minutes after Dirk Cutter did last week, um, and everybody was leaving. And he walked up to the podium, and there was nobody left to ask him any questions. He stood there for about a minute and a half, and not even a minute. I think he stood there for about yeah. 15 seconds. It was awkward. Anybody got any questions? And, you know, really nobody did. And, and, and he walked out of the room without being asked any questions. And, and I think that was just another example of how he's, he, he's not only has he not been a, a distraction, but people have, in a way, almost kind of forgotten about yeah. him. And I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing because there's enough other good stuff happening with this football team that he wasn't the focus. And then I think also uh, the way Ryan Fitzpatrick has played throughout the preseason, I think people are a little bit more confident about how that's going to go when the season starts. That it's like, okay, well, Jameis, yeah, you can miss the game, and I think we're going to be okay. But it's just, uh, for me, in terms of how it's affected Jameis Winston, I think he's really gotten a taste this year this preseason of what it can be like when you're not the star, when the spotlight's not on you, when you're not the guy. And I think, you know, as much as it matters to him, and one thing we know, Mike, is how much it matters to him to be that guy. He wants to be a star in this league. He wants to be a Hall of Famer from this league. Um, I think he realizes more than ever now how fleeting all that can be, how quickly that can be taken away. I think it's humbled him, and I think at the end of the day, that's going to be a good thing for him. I think you're going to see him, real, as he said, work his tail off so that when he does come back, uh, as much of the question as it's going to be as to who's, who's going to be the quarterback going into Chicago, he's going to make every argument that it should be him, and he's going to try to prove it on the field. I don't know if it's going to be him at that point. A lot, has to, a lot of football is going to be played between now and then, but again, I think it's just another humbling moment for him uh, and at the, at the end of the day, I think it's good for him. Yeah, to your point, Dirk Cutter said this at the onset of training camp that uh, he's not going to guarantee that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback when he returns. You know, who knows what Ryan Fitzpatrick will do with this football team? And you know what? Yeah, he can't say that. He can't say he's going to be the guy. And Jason Light echoed that again this evening when asked about it. He said, I'm not going to guarantee anything when Jameis Winston returns because a lot can happen with this football team in three weeks. Well, I think the main thing in a preseason is you want to walk away healthy. And when all is said and done with the Bucks, the big question mark remains Donovan Smith with the knee sprain. Will he be able to play against New Orleans? How effective will he be? And then you have another problem because, I mean, that was the main injury. So the Bucks, I think, have to feel good injury-wise. 
they didn't have, you know, Vita Vea will eventually get back and he was slow too. But, um, you know, a lot of other football teams around the NFL get hit with the injury bug far worse uh, than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. So I think a big concern though is Ronald Jones still. I mean, he's your second round pick, one of three. And he was a guy that you really were hoping would compliment Peyton Barber. Like a lot of teams around the NFL have that one-two punch. The guys have, you know, complimentary talents. But he really struggled again this evening. His longest carry was five yards. Yeah, it was. And he had more negative carries than he had positive carries. It was just another rough night. I mean, he finishes the preseason. Uh, I think uh, he went into the game tonight 18 for 18. Uh, 18 carries, 18 yards for the preseason. Oh, wow. uh, and finishes with 10 carries for six yards. I mean, he ends up with negative yardage. It's just a bad situation for him. 28 carries, uh, what, 24 yards. It's it's not a good preseason. And Dirk Cutter seems to be at a little bit of a loss. He, he admits he's a little bit concerned about what he's seeing from Ronald Jones, and it's I think he said should that. be. Let's, let's hear what Dirk Cutter said after the game on Ronald Jones. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Uh, you know, and I can't give you a good answer for it. Uh, I, saw, I saw it in practice. But we weren't we weren't able to get it going during the game. I mean, for whatever reason, when when uh, his runs came up, we didn't block him very well. Number one, and he wasn't able to do much with it on his own. And uh, you know, I don't I don't have a, a good answer for you. Of course, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the tape from tonight, but it didn't, didn't look pretty from what I saw. You know, I talked to a couple of the Bucks uh, officials uh, during uh, during halftime tonight. And I asked them about Ronald Jones. They said, ah, we're not worried. He, he didn't get blocked up very well tonight. He didn't have any room to run. Um, but at the same time, I sort of got the feeling when they were saying that, that it was, it was kind of like, yeah, but still. I mean, when you go back and look at the entire – look at it as a whole. You could say tonight that it didn't get blocked up very well. But uh, he had some opportunities earlier in the preseason to break some runs off, and he just didn't get it done. Um, I'm with Dirk on this. I, I don't think it's a big concern. Uh, the line didn't help him much tonight, particularly. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a guy who you were counting on to be a big part of your running game. And right now, I don't think you can count on him. Uh, if, I mean, if this kind of stuff continues into the regular season, you're going to waste a series or two trying to get him going. Yeah. Uh, you can't take that chance. And if Pey Peyton Barber gets hurt, it, look, it's like I said, I still think this team may look at some running backs, uh, depending on what happens out there. Uh, on the waiver wire. I like what we're seeing out of Sean Wilson. Yeah. That guy, in my opinion, Mike has earned himself a roster spot just based on the fact that he can return kicks probably better than almost anybody on his team based on what we saw in preseason. But you know what? Running behind the same line tonight, he ran pretty well. And uh, so I think there's a chance he makes the team as well. Um, you know, they still have Jaquiz Rogers. I don't know if they really want to keep Jaquiz, but at this point, I think you have to, because you know, you know that he can get out there and you know what he can do. Um, whereas with uh, Ronald Jones, it's still a bit of a mystery. I mean, he's just having a hard time adjusting to the speed of the league and kind of finding his groove here. And until he finds it, um, I'm not sure how much you can count on him in a game on a Sunday. You put it well when we're watching the game. There's just no juice there. There's no, there's, you know, there's no burst, and that's what we expected when he was drafted. I know you're not going to get it overnight, but we haven't seen any of it this preseason, except for that one pass he caught from Fitzpatrick in week, the third preseason game. Yeah, you know, he's he was considered a home run hitter. You know, a guy who can break through the line and then break off a long run. You know, a 50, 60, 70 yard run for a touchdown. Um, that's the kind of player he was at USC. That's what the Bucks drafted him to be here. And the problem is he can't get through the line. And the other issue he's having, 
He doesn't appear to me to have the speed to get around the edge on the outside. And they've tried everything. They've tried. He's a slasher. This is the, you know, he's not the kind of guy that you want to, you know, throw a lot of toss sweeps to. Mm -hmm. He's the kind of guy you want to, you want him slashing through the line and breaking into the open on his own. The problem is he's having a hard time slashing through the line right now. And they, again, they've tried to get him going with these toss sweeps and stuff, but he's not fast enough, really, it seems, believe it or not, to get around the edge here in the NFL at this point. So, um, again, I just, I still think it's just a matter of him developing uh, a comfort level with the speed of the, of the game and the league and everything and, and maybe stop thinking it my fear though is that it could take who knows till december or next season or yeah. longer before he figures that out because i don't think he gets a lot of opportunity from here on until he shows something significant uh at least in practice and then possibly in a game yeah it's frustrating because they had such high expectations but dirt cutter has said it uh, repeatedly about Ronald Jones, that it's not lack of knowing the playbook. It's not lack of work ethic. It's just they're waiting for him to start making plays the way they expected. Yeah, we'll, you before you, we go on to the next topic, I want to talk about that a little bit. I, I was surprised. I hadn't heard this. And, you know, and I mean, you, you and I are both here in Tampa all mm -hmm. the time. I hadn't heard this talk that Dirk Cutter referred to about some complaints about, you know, does, does Ronald Jones understand the playbook? Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard that. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that's – I don't see anything that tells me that he's not, you know, hitting the proper hole or, or, or running the play properly. I don't think that's the issue at all. Um, I think that's fine. I think he's doing fine there. But it was interesting that Dirk Cutter mentioned that he's heard some of that kind of talk and basically debunked it and said, well, look, that's not the, that's not the case. And that's good to know. It's good to know that it's not a case of a guy being A, lazy, um, not intelligent enough to, to handle the, the playbook or not understanding the playbook or anything like that. That's not the problem. The problem is he just doesn't have the, the burst, uh, the energy uh, in, in his, in his legs right now to, to kind of get going. And I think, again, that's something that, you know, after you've been in the league a while, it'll probably come around. And I think it's just a matter of him finding his comfort level. You yeah, haven't heard that at all. In fact, Dirk Cutter has repeatedly said that the opposite. Uh, so I don't know where that that's yeah. coming from with some, you know, some guy on Twitter, who knows? Uh, <laughs> let's talk about, let's stay on the offense for a little while. You know, in the fourth preseason game, you're always looking for angles because it's not the Jacksonville Jaguars ones or twos or a lot of times not even their threes, but you want to see how a lot of these young players for the Bucks can compete out there. And Alex Kappa is a, a guy on the offensive line who has brought in a toughness. You know, he's played at a very small college, but he has versatility on the offensive line, and he has toughness. And he saw a lot of action in this game against the Jaguars. We had a chance to catch up with Alex Kappa. Here's what he had to say after a game where he saw a lot of action. What did you get out of this game? Obviously, you had a little playing time. Yeah, it's good to just get a lot of reps. Anytime you're getting reps, it's going to help. Um, I really felt like it was good to compete, good to work with different guys, play in different positions, so it was fun. So he's trying to make the most of it. He's a guy that's uh, been moved around a little bit with all the injuries. Yeah, uh, you know, played tackle in uh, in college, came here and played guard, um, and now he's moved out to center. I think they believe he can play tackle if he has to. Right now he's concentrating on a couple other spots. But uh, as Dirk Cutter talked about tonight, and I think maybe gave us a hint as to who that last lineman could be uh, up on Sunday with a, with a helmet on, uh, it could be Alex Kappa, and it's a large, largely because 
he can play a couple positions. He's taken snaps. Apparently, he told Dirk Cutter that, you know, in college, he always kind of goofed around a little bit with at the center spot. He always took the snaps before games, uh, you know, just to warm up, just in case it was an emergency, it was needed, but never really got in the game and actually did it. Tonight, he actually got in the game and did it. And, you know, I think he's going to grade out well. He certainly looked good tonight. We didn't see any uh, messed up exchanges or anything like that. Uh, he still showed that uh, that energy that he has, that meanness, that that uh, mean streak. Uh, came firing off the ball several times. I watched him specifically on a few plays. Uh, you know, came off the ball well and uh, uh, got to the second level, still making contact and hitting guys. So I like what I saw of him. Um, you know what? I think he's just a good sound football player. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys you could plug in anywhere, and you know you're going to get good solid football uh, play out of him. And I, I think he's a he's a real good piece to have on this team. Well, I think a guy who helped himself more than anybody was a rookie wide receiver, Justin Watson. Uh, you figured he probably will be on this football team heading in, but he needed a good game and he gave it to you, uh, the coaching staff anyway, with the touchdown catch, his second one of the preseason. We had a chance to catch up with Justin Watson after a game where he, you know, clinched his spot on this football team. How do you feel about your chances of making the roster? Have you heard anything concrete on it? Or no, I haven't heard anything. So I uh, heard the next 48 hours are, are pretty nerve-wracking. But, uh, you know, just try to put my best out there. You know, I definitely uh, think I can hang my hat on, you know, knowing I put the, my best out there and, and worked hard each day at practice. Feel confident about your chances? Uh, you know, I, like I said, you know, I, I think I did all I could do um, from a personal standpoint as far as, you know, working hard and coming each day and, and making the most out of it. I would agree. Yeah, I would too. Uh, there's no disagreement with what he said. I think he, he did. He put his best out there and he showed him. And I think he, I think he surprised his team a little bit. I think the Bucks, when they drafted him uh, in the fourth round, uh, look, they, they might have taken a bit of a gamble there. But I also think they felt like they were getting a real sleeper. And I think he proved this year uh, in training camp that, uh, that he, he indeed is a sleeper. This is a guy who, you know, if this team wasn't so deep at wide receiver – he might get an actual playing time. He yeah. may still, you yeah. know. I'm not saying he's not going to. Uh, I'm I'm certain that he's got a lock on this on a, on a job here. Um, but I don't think he's just a guy that's going to be uh, running down on special teams and covering punts and kicks. I, I think he's a guy that they're looking at as uh, possibly getting the ball. He, you know, don't be surprised if if somebody goes down, they're going to be able to turn to him right away and uh, and give him some reps. He can play a couple of different spots. He can play in a slot. And play on the outside. He's a big guy. And you know what? He's got a body that's only going to get bigger. I mean, when the comparisons came out to Jordy Nelson uh, about him when, when he got drafted, you can look at this kid, uh, not just physically, but look at him on the field and say, okay, I can see that in four, five, six years, this guy could be that kind of a player. He's got the size. He's got the hands. He's a smart, savvy player. Um, I like what I see of him, and obviously the Bucks do too. Another guy trying to win a spot in this team at wide receivers, Bobo Wilson. And, you know, he had an you know, up and down camp a year ago. I think he had a much better camp this year in terms of consistency. I think he's matured a little bit. You saw it in Hard Knocks last year. I know it's a snippet of his entire experience in training camp, but he had some – uh, maturity issues a year ago. We had a chance to catch up with Bobo after the game, too. How important has it been that you guys have had a deep room this year, a lot of competition at wide receiver? Do you feel like that pushed you and made you better as well? Yes, that's, uh, that pushed us a lot. And it came starting off from Deshaun, Mike, and Hump, Chris Godwin. You know, we push each other every day. In order for this offense to go, the receivers got to go. And we bring the, the hype and the swag. So. Bobo Wilson, you think they're going to – does he make the team and do they keep six receivers? I think they keep six receivers, but I don't know if he makes the team. I think maybe they stick him back on the practice squad, try to hold on to him that way. 
uh, because I think at the end of the day, you want to keep Freddie Martino around. Yeah. I really do. I think they like Freddie Martino. He's got experience. Steady. Um, he's steady. Uh, better player than people want to give him credit for. Whereas Bobo, but Bobo helps you in a lot of ways. I don't think he's a guy they want to lose, but I think at the end of the day, they probably feel like that he can he could probably slip through, and they can hold on to him out of the practice squad because you know, let's face it, um, he's been with the Bucks now for two years. Not a lot, of, a lot of not a lot of other teams have had a chance to look at him. So I think they probably feel like he's a guy they could probably hold on to as a practice squad guy, as opposed to uh, Freddie Martino. So I, I think he probably makes the practice squad, uh, but I may be wrong on that. Uh, they may see enough. And again, everything you said is right. He's matured a little bit. Uh, he's had a better camp this year than last year. Uh, they may see enough to say, all right, you've earned the roster spot. All right, defensively, uh, not a lot of you know headlines really. I mean, we know who the headliners are going to be, and they were on the sidelines in this game, uh, especially defensive linemen. I mean, up and down the defense but Noah Spence Roy Cummings was in there a lot tonight and he was in there in the second half in the fourth preseason game what do you make of that yeah at first I wasn't sure what to make of it but uh, it turns out that you know and this is a great sign Noah Spence who has basically become uh, you know a specialist a a rush down uh, pass rusher a a pass rush down you know pass rusher uh, on third down uh, it it was trying to show the Bucs wanted to show the Bucs that hey I can play in the base defense here and he asked uh, Dirk Cutter and the coaching staff, you know, let me get in there for a few extra snaps, uh, you know, tonight. I want to play some, you know, some some uh, some of those rushdowns, and and I think and he did, and and I think that was good. I mean, you want to be able to, you know, it's a player who's used to playing every down. He's not used to being a specialist, but he gets to the NFL, and you know, size doesn't quite measure up as an end, so he's got a um, he's not big enough uh, to to really anchor against the run, so um, you know, kind of set that edge, so. Uh, he's become a bit of a specialist, but he's trying to prove that he can be more than that. So I, I boy, I, I laud him for that. I give him all kinds of credit for telling the staff, hey, I want to get out there and play. And uh, they gave him the opportunity. I think he handled it well. So uh, good for Noah Spence. But that's the the answer to the secret behind there. No mystery anymore. Uh, we <laughs> solved that one. That was a good breakdown. Well, listen, uh, you know, for a fourth preseason game, pretty, pretty, I don't know, Bland, boring, whatever B word you want to describe it. Uh, we broke it down uh, on both sides of the football. Hope you enjoyed the sound there. But we got to finish it out the way we normally do. Justin, hit the music, please. Oh, man. I love the music. It's our free and we're out of here. Our free and out thing to close out. Extra bucks. I'm kind of doing these questions on a fly. I feel it, like like the music is just a throwback to the '70s. I, is, that, is that like game show music? Like this is your life or something? One no, of not this is your life. More no. like you know, kind of a match game. Type, oh, match uh, game's much better. Know, Sorry, it's kind late. Of, kind, of, kind of music, but it's, a, it's throwback music. Okay, I'm, I'm doing these off the cuff. Speaking of uh, you know, old school game shows, you know. Uh, you know, we talked about Johnny Carson, Karnak, and all that stuff. I don't have any notes in front of me. We're doing this uh, off the top of our head. All right, our first question in our three and out. Jameis Winston kind of alluded to he's not sure if he's going to stay in Tampa, uh, the Tampa Bay area, uh, when he's suspended. Does it matter? Does it matter if he stays here or not? No, yeah, it doesn't. And, and nobody should get all worked up if he doesn't. Look, he's got a, a young child now. He wants to spend some time with him. This is an opportunity for James Winston to go and, you know, spend some time with his family. Uh, that might be good for him. 
Um, if he gets out of, if he leaves town, I don't have a problem with it. He knows what he's got to do to be ready for week four. He's going to do everything he has to do. As you, you heard him say it, he's going to work his tail off. And you yeah. know what? So there you and I know Jameis Winston. We know he's going to be working his tail off. Doesn't matter where he goes. He'll find a football field and he'll find some people, some people to throw the ball to, and he'll get the work done that he has to do. It doesn't matter where he does it. And for all, for all I care, go to Jamaica. He can do it on the beach just right. as well at Sandals as he can uh, at home in Bessemer, Alabama. So it uh, doesn't matter to me where he does it. Jesuit High School here in Tampa, take your pick, Jameis. My guess is it will be a little bit of everything, right. but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, he uh, you can say a lot about Jameis Winston, and we have, but he works hard. The guy works hard. You can't uh, slight him on that. All right, our second question, our three and out. Uh, we stay in the quarterback position. I thought an interesting development in the NFC South since the last time we talked. Uh, the Saints pick up Teddy Bridgewater. They're clearly all in in New Orleans for a number of reasons. What do you think of that pickup? Well, I, I, I yes, they're all in. But you know what? A quarterback coming onto a team that late, I mean, how long before he can really help you? I, I, I think it's going to be weeks before he can really help you. Um, you know, he's got to learn the system and uh, develop a chemistry with the players. But you know what? Uh, look, and you know Sean Payton as well as anybody because you've worked with him for so long. But I think it's a smart move by the by by that team. Um, they obviously like uh, Teddy Bridgewater. They're picking up a guy. They're in a situation where they have to start thinking about beyond Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees may want to play for another two, three, four years, but you know, does he really have two, three, four years left in him? You can't just count on that being the case. If you're a team like the Saints, you got to have somebody, and they, they've tried to do it through the draft a little bit. Tried guys with like Ryan Griffin can't hold on to him because everybody. Everybody knows that, you know, Breeze is their guy. So um, I I think it's a smart move. I don't mind it. Um, You know, I've I've also heard people say, well, could have been a Buccaneer. It was never going to happen, folks. Yeah, you maintain that for a while. I I maintain that because I can tell you right now, the Buccaneers never really liked Teddy Bridgewater coming out of college. Didn't They like the talent. They don't like the body. They've always thought that he would be too frail, too injury prone, or too subject to injury. I shouldn't say injury prone, but – uh, too, too subject to injury because of the body. And guess what? All In my opinion, all Teddy Bridgewater's done in the NFL is prove that he can get hurt. So, Yeah, I, I think there, that has a lot of merit. But the, I think your first point, they don't want to see Teddy Bridgewater in the field at all this year. No. <laughs> if Drew Brees is the guy, they don't want to see him at all. But it's a insurance policy slash quarterback of the future. And I kind of applaud the Saints for the move because they only gave up a third rounder. And I know it's yeah. a third rounder, but this team is built to win right now. And if Breeze goes down, they ha- they can't have you know Taysom Hill in there, who's a good prospect, but he's not ready to you know have the keys and drive the big car yet. All right, Justin, you know, I'm going to bring you in for this one because the fourth preseason game is so boring. This is our third question in our three and out. It's so boring. These are the kind of conversations we hear in the press box, not Roy and I, because we're breaking down everything, <laughs> but around us, um, nobody's concentrating on football. Everybody's just, you know, when's this game going to end? Please stay in bounds, run the ball, let's move the clock, blah, blah, blah. Uh, one of the conversations was, who's the most famous person you've ever met? So I want you to think about it, Justin. I'm going to hand off the reins to Roy Cummings. If you have an answer, our third question and our three and out, three and we're out of here, who's the most famous person you've ever met? Muhammad Ali. Wow. Really? The uh, yeah, it was at the Super Bowl uh, in Arizona wow. a few years back. The last, not the last one in Arizona, the one before that. 
Um, and uh, he happened to be in the media room and uh, just happened to be there at the time, got lucky. And uh, so I'll say Muhammad Ali. Wow, that's tough to top. Yeah. I used to cover these movie uh, junkets. They would fly us out and cover sports movies. And I've gotten to interview a lot of actors. But one time I had a uh, myself, a one-on-two interview with Robert De Niro and Sylvester Stallone. Wow. And you talk about being the yeah. weak, weak link and that, that, uh, I think the three, biggest star three, right? I ever met was Donny Osmond. <laughs> really? Yeah. You should have quit Muhammad Ali. I, yes. I, 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 was, I literally had to cover a celebrity softball game one time. And Donny Osmond was like the star of the show. And that, you know, I should have quit Muhammad Ali. But oh it, when you threw out the celebrities, I was going, well, can I match that? No, I can't match it. The best I can do is this. All right, he has Muhammad Ali. I have De Niro and Stallone. What do you have, Justin? Man, y'all uh, make my celebrity. It's look okay. Like nothing. It's okay. Um, I've met a couple, a couple sports players, but probably a big name, non-sports related, is uh, Patricia Cornwell. She's a pretty famous uh, mystery author. So, wow. Okay. What about famous, most famous sports person ever? Um, Drew Brees. Drew Brees, good okay. one. Not That's bad. One. That's a good one. Going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think Roy wins with Muhammad yeah. Ali. It's yeah, tough that's to top. Better than De Niro. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, right. it's uh, a little better. Yeah. Well, listen, um, it's late night here at Raymond James Stadium. Boy, it's almost midnight. We carried this thing almost to midnight. But, uh, Roy, great stuff out of you. And uh, next time we talk, we'll be talking about previewing real football. How about that? I'm excited about that. I, look, I'm excited about the season ahead. I really am. Um, I, I just get a feeling about this team. I think it's a better team than people give it credit for. I've said it before on our podcast here and on pewterpirates.com. Um, I think this team is closer to the 9-17 and 17 that we saw two years ago than it was the 5-11 and 11 team we saw last year. And I think it's a better team than either one of those two. So I feel good about this team going forward. If everybody stays healthy. I think they got a chance to surprise some people. Well, good stuff out of you as usual. Uh, great job by Justin Thomas, our producer, getting all that sound after the game and turning it so quickly. Uh, Justin, we'll be talking about real football next week, my I friend. I can't wait. Let's do it. Well, I'm Mike Neighbors for Roy Cummings and Justin Thomas and our sponsors, House of Brews and Sea Dog Brewing Company. This has been a few extra bucks, our podcast. Thanks for logging on to PeterPowers.com. And remember, please subscribe. It's free. We appreciate you.